All right, man. Well, cheers. Cheers, bud. Boink. Click. Well, welcome back to Sippin' Mimos uh, with Jake and Elliot. I'm Elliot. Jake. Yeah, yes. Right. Okay, cool. And this is the podcast where we talk about 90s radio rock and electronica over mimosas. This is the internet's premier, premier. 90s rock over citrus-based beverages <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Jake, I can't help but notice that you appear to be sipping on a Lone Star right now. I am rocking Lone Star. I um, just finished cooking dinner, and I like having a loney while I make my bologna. So. <laughs> you love bologna, don't you? I do. Oh, you, oh, you do. Oh, you do have a mimo. You do have a mimosa. Okay. Yeah. Oh, all right. Right on. How you been, man? Been good. Um, the semester started a couple weeks ago. Mm. Um. So uh, we're in the final stretch of grad school. Um, I got my thesis lined up, um, doing the history of radio in San Antonio and how it uh, allowed the city to become known as the heavy metal capital of the world. Right. Um, a, lot of, a lot of folks don't know, myself included, you know, a while ago, that San Antonio, like during like the mid-70s, mid-80s was considered the heavy metal capital of the world um so like bands like the scorpions judas priest um acdc all these all these international rock bands really played a lot of their first shows in san antonio and they were really big really successful shows um and there's a really great story behind that so i've been trying to been trying to capture it very cool can you like dig up old radio shows from those years Oh man, I wish. Um, I can't find any. I mean, they've got to exist. Um, got to be somewhere, right? I, I found. I've been digging through like newspaper archives. Um, that's that's really what my my days have been looking like lately. Mm-hmm. That and listening to righteous '90s music. Right on. Are you scrolling through uh, microfiche? My, I haven't. <laughs> uh, it's, we're still on. We're still on lockdown right now. It's uh, September 2020 right now when we're recording this. So we're still officially on lockdown. So unfortunately, I'm not able to venture out into libraries because they're closed off to the. Huh? Uh, oh, sorry. I, I don't. I don't know what the rules are anymore about what's allowed to be open and what's not. I I know as of today, libraries were open. Were allowed to open to like 75 percent, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um. Last time I checked, like, so I've, I've been looking at uh, San Antonio College and University of Texas San Antonio. Mm-hmm. And last time I looked into it, they're still not allowing the public into the library. How about you, man? What you been up to? Oh, boy. Uh, um, just been hanging in there. I had a wild-ass weekend. I don't know. I'm a little, a little drained. Uh, Do tell. <laughs> well just like a lot of a lot of uh running around um i i went to a um acquaintances uh a friend of a friend's celebration of life on saturday yeah. that was kind of kind of intense um it was, just, it was an emotional day and i went home and after that and like it was a big birthday party at my pool for a neighbor of mine and, and then 
so <laughs> I invited some friends over and then it, it, it got a little <laughs> a little wild. I stubbed my toe last night. <laughs> I can barely walk today. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> like really bad. Like I just like slammed it up against the corner <laughs> and like fell down. It was like two in the morning and you know, oh. there were, there were vodka sodas involved, I'm sure. Uh, but, but it's like, it hit the ground like a sack of potatoes. <laughs> Went to bed and then today I'm just like, oh shit. I can, I'm like limping around doing laundry and stuff. Has, but, uh, <laughs> that's the worst, man. I, I, I keep doing this like, like I, I feel like I've shattered most of my toes by now. I, I don't know why. <laughs> I need to take care of myself <laughs> or get some steel toed shoes when I'm walking around in my apartment. And we just like stomp in, just like <laughs> stomping around with steel toes, like my neighbors above me. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like, Oh, I know. <laughs> I know my neighbor downstairs like is not pleased. I have, I have these like really shitty squeaky floors and I'm sure the listeners know about my squeaky door because they can hear it every once in a while. <laughs> uh, I, feel, I, I, I feel like such an asshole but like uh, you know I got her flowers that one time because she ran upstairs and banged on my door when I was I was making chana masala too loud <laughs> like, I don't know why I, I have like a heavy ass cast iron skillet that's like probably 80 pounds and like I was just like banging away on this thing cooking curried chickpeas and I just hear this knock on the door and I'm like oh I'm so sorry and the next day, she's like, how was your chana masala? I'm like, it was mediocre at best. So I felt <laughs> Anyways. Do you have neighbors above you, actually? I do. Um, and they, I, I, we can't decide if they're, like, um, like, line dancers or they have, like, an indoor bowling alley. We, we really can't. <laughs> I really can't. I, I can't. I can't figure out if they're if I'm living like below Daniel Plainview. You know, I I, I don't I don't know. Like, they're just. It's always something. Um, but you know, it's oh because oh, he had the bowling noticeable. alley in his house. Yeah, <laughs> I was trying. I was trying to figure out that reference, and I'm like, does he mean? Did he mean Lord of the Dance? That guy? But no. Oh, right, because the bowling alley thing. Yeah, I'm finished. Fuck! I love that movie so much. Oh my god. That's that's something I. I was hoping to transition to because uh, uh-huh. a lot of things have happened since our Google <laughs> Dolls Underworld uh, recording. Okay. Pre pre goo. Um. So I, I know we're I know we're here for a limited amount of time today, but I figure we needed you know dedicate a portion to talking about Trolls Two World Tour. Have you seen it? No, I, I didn't see that one. Okay. How about the, the Batman trailer? Oh, the ba- we didn't talk about the Batman trailer. Um, yes, I've <laughs> seen that a few times. Holy shit. Um, our bats. I'm very excited. Very excited. Incredible. I, 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 I think I sent it to you like a, when because it, it leaked. And I think I, I texted it to you like kind of late at night. It was like 11, 1130. That's late to me because I'm an old man. Um, but I, I I watched it like four or five times, and I watched it four more times. It's just, it's incredible. 
Yeah, because they had that uh, DC event, like the Fandome or whatever the hell it was called. Um, and they dropped the trailer for The Batman. I'm not psyched about the name of the movie. Just Can't we just call it something cooler? Anyway, um, but I think it looks awesome. It's clearly like a year two story. Like a second yeah. year of being Batman. <sighs> Paul Dano. Oh, 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 there you go. That's the connection to uh, There Will Be Blood and stuff. Um, Paul Dano as the Riddler. Uh, I'm so insanely on board. It's going to be fucking dope. And they, sh- and they have the eyeliner. The eyeliner. No, no Batman movie has touched on how he wears eyeliner underneath the mask. Under the cowl. That's great. Oh, I love it so much. It, it was funny. Like after the after that trailer came out, I, w- I went on like a really hardcore Paul Paul Dano binge. Sure. So I watched uh, There Will Be Blood. Mm-hmm. Fuck, he's awesome in that movie. Yeah. He, he has to go toe to toe with Daniel Day Lewis, who is probably like the greatest living actor, right? Like, uh, and he holds his own. It's really impressive. The way uh, the baptism is it the bapti- baptism scene when he's like yeah. slapping God yeah give me um, the blood Eli give me the blood you do a really good, you do a really good Daniel Plainview <laughs> <laughs> these people I have a competition in me oh it's all, I love it I love it so much ooh that movie is dope did you ever see him in um, uh, Love and Mercy the Beach Boys story. No, I have not seen that one, but I heard it's really good. If I'm not mistaken, it's on Amazon. Uh, okay, uh, streaming. He's he's incredible. He plays he plays young Brian Wilson during the recording mm-hmm. of Pet Sounds. Okay, yeah. Uh, and he's just God. He's good. The other thing I love him in my all time favorite movie, apparently, because I mention it like every other podcast we record, The Girl Next Door. <laughs> okay. We need to talk about this, Jake, because <laughs> maybe, you know what? Maybe that's the movie we do a uh, commentary track for. How about that? Because uh, like, uh, you bring like, it up we'll every episode, man. Yeah? We'll, <laughs> we'll do like a, we'll do a commentary track and then it would literally just be me like nudging you like, hey, check this shit out. Watch this. Watch this. Uh, 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 isn't oh, that cool? Isn't that good? Isn't that good? Uh, yeah. I haven't seen that in a long time. <laughs> But, uh, we still don't know where uh, is it Alicia Cuthbert we still don't know where she is hopefully she's okay please write in let us know if you're out there <laughs> yeah, Alicia please I'm sure she's a fan uh, <laughs> you, you clear, that was clearly a formative movie for you it really was I think honestly it's, it's like Three Neos Beetlejuice Terminator 2 Judgment Day Girl Next Door Godfather. I mean, it's just <laughs> Godfather as a close fifth of your favorite movies. <laughs> the Godfather's number five, right below Girl Next Door. <laughs> That's an awesome list, man. <laughs> Speaking about um, Daniel Day Lewis, uh-huh. uh, I recently revisited um, uh, Lincoln, which is also a strange. Oh, man. yeah. Did you ever mm-hmm. see that one? I did. Yeah, I, I liked it a lot. He, I mean, God, what a, what an incredible actor, thespian. <laughs> I mean, just it's incredible. Yeah. Um, 
What does he have, like, nine Oscars? That's insane. Uh, yeah, he's, a, he's an amazingly talented man. I found... So that movie's just, like, loaded with, like, actors. Like, I mean, like, freaking Spader's in it. Oh, my God, Spader is in it. Oh, I love James Spader. Uh, who's really good in that is Tommy Lee Jones, I thought, stole the show, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, really good in that. I love... I, I revisited The Fugitive uh, recently, and he's just... He's the best. I mean, I, I've heard, like, I've heard he's, like, very difficult, you know? I think, like... Really? Yeah. I, talking about uh, Batman, during, like, the filming of Batman and uh, Batman Forever, uh, and I, I may be getting the story incorrect, but, like, oh, uh-huh. at one point, he just, like, goes up to Jim Carrey, and he's just like, I don't like you. I don't uh-huh. like you very much. I've actually heard that. Yeah, he, like, <laughs> was not down with Jim Carrey being all... Uh... Well, Jim, Jim Carrey-ish, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I had heard that, yeah. Um, Man, he's he's great though, um, and he's of course, uh, I think, very impressive in Captain America, the the first Avenger. Absolutely. Um, like I mentioned a couple episodes back, but we did our, we're, we're still in the process of doing our M- MCU rewatch, and uh huh. Is it time? Is this an episode of uh, Jake's MCU check-in? This is this is an episode of Jake's MCU check-in. Okay, that was the intro. <laughs> um, but uh, he is great in that. But um, also, but on on the subject of MCU, though we had since last time we recorded a lot of really cool things have happened. Unfortunately, we did lose one of our greatest. Jake. Yeah, boy, a lot has happened in the last few, few weeks. Um, we lost Black Panther. Yeah. Well, um, oh my uh, God. Chadwick Ch- Ch- Boseman. Chadwick Boseman. Yes, thank you. Um, where were you when you heard the news? I was watching Hocus Pocus with my girlfriend and my what sister and, and brother-in-law. I'll, I will never forget it. Like, <laughs> sorry. Hang on a second. <laughs> okay <laughs> you were watching hocus pocus we were watching hocus because like it was mid-september and I, I think like so my family loves halloween and mm-hmm. you know as soon as it turns like september we're like it's spooky season you know spooky season let's get into it yep and so we made dinner for my sister and brother-in-law they came over and we were watching Hocus Pocus, one of our favorites. And my brother-in-law was like, oh, wow, you know, Chadwick Boseman died. And it was literally like, what? You know, like, no yeah. way. What? What happened? Yeah. Like, and when I found out he was, you know, he had cancer. Yeah. I was just like, no, like, cancer doesn't, that that doesn't happen. But and then, you know, as, you know, information came out, like, they found out he'd, like, been diagnosed, like, what, four years ago? Yeah, like, during Black Panther, I think, or, uh, yeah. Was, oh, God. Just, like... Well, uh, such a loss, dude. Um, yeah. And our our thoughts go out to his family and all that. Um, boy, oh, boy. Yeah. He's, he's incredible. Like, I, if, if you're... If you haven't seen 42, he's killer in that. Like, he plays Jackie Robinson... Oh, uh-huh. 
and then he's also amazing in Get On Up, where he plays James Brown. Wow. I, okay. Wait, which one do you like better? Get, uh, get On Up. Get On Up. Get On Up. Nice. That was that, – when you said, like, where were you when you found out, when you heard the mm-hmm. news, like, that, that is one of those moments where it's just like, like, wow, like he's – because he was just – he gave, you know, he gave hope. He was just inspiring and – to know that he was sick and probably in a lot of pain while making, while, while portraying this like powerful and strong character, just yeah. to do it. So like with so much grace, it's just, it's, you know, really incredible and such yeah. a gift to, to fans everywhere. Where, where, yeah. where were you when, when you, when you heard? Right. Uh, I was outside of a restaurant um, having a little smoke break and just, you know, as you do, was looking at my phone and, uh, you know, uh, you know, something on Facebook popped up. I just screamed out, no, <laughs> in front of a lot of people. And just looking around, I'm like, but Chadwick Boseman, Black Panther. And no one knew what I was talking about. And then, uh, I, I had to go inside and to my, where my friends were and, and like tell them. And then I, Told the server to, and <laughs> I was like, "Black Panther died," uh, and I like legit cried. Like it's just, I know it's 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 kind of um, hacky or like like lame to just to always like you know blame the year, but this year has been fucking the worst, dude. And like it just doesn't. It's not letting up. I don't under. <laughs> I don't understand it. I uh, think I sent to our little group chat, like, leave me my heroes at least, you know, like, um, and uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed, which is horrific news. If, uh, if you're, I don't know, anyone that likes having rights, especially women, I don't know. It's just, um, give us a break already. We need something. (sighs) I hear you, man. It was, I don't don't mean to break everyone down, but, No, I mean, geez, Louise. That's certainly one of the things that I enjoy most about most about this this venture and this you know this project is you know we're able to like you know discuss whatever whatever is on our minds and whatever's happening along with you know our albums of the week. So absolutely. And with that, I mean, I hope you know. I hope that. I know a couple times we've we've said we've said this, but I, you know we'll keep on saying it. I hope that you know the next twenty or thirty minutes of uh, conversation regarding nineties um, music uh, will bring a smile and um, make you revisit. Hope, hopefully, make you revisit uh, some really fantastic albums. This is that's a good uh, point because twenty twenty, while being a pretty rough year, has also brought the people sipping mimos. So, yeah. <laughs> so uh, you're welcome. <laughs> we're trying. We're trying. We're doing our part. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, like I was saying before, you know, before we, you know, talked about Chadwick and um, RBG passing. Um, Lincoln is just like it's. I forget how many like stars are in that movie. Like you have like. Um, Tommy Lee Jones, you have Spader just like popping up out of nowhere. Um, uh, you have, I think his name is John, John, John 
Hawks. He was in uh, Eastbound and Down. He's, he's fantastic. But oh. uh, you can imagine my surprise when Lincoln is um, conveying a message to go out via um, Morse code. Can you guess who the soldier was taking Lincoln's message? He's a good – he's a friend of the podcast. And, huh. I mean, you know, COVID-19 has derailed us. Uh, so he hasn't been able to make it, but um, he, can you guess who it is? Is it Adam Driver? <laughs> oh it was Adam Driver. Wow, I was I was thinking we haven't done an Adam check in in a couple episodes. He was fantastic in it. Uh, if you ask me, he stole the show. He was in he was in the mood for like five minutes. Uh, um, <laughs> he was sharing a, he was sharing a scene with Daniel Day Lewis as Abraham Lincoln. I honestly could not take my eyes off of him. Well, why would you? Exactly. Why would you deny um, your eyes getting to gaze upon that that big slab of marble that is Adam Driver? <laughs> I bet you he's a good cuddler. A, a good cuddler? Yeah. Is that what he's, he's got that hold reach. On. You know? Hold on. I just get, hold on. I got a text. I, I, I didn't want to tell you because, you know, with, you know – COVID and everything. We're not allowed to see each other, but Adam did bring me coffee and uh oh, brother. Uh, he heard us talking about him and he, he just sent me a text asking if we get if we cut it out. He said, Stop the tomfoolery. You're making me uncomfortable. Tomfoolery? All right. So, I mean hopefully maybe I'll maybe I'll ask him later on if he wants to come in and talk about um, REM with me, uh, but with me to you. But uh, uh, he, he feels like more of a DJ Shadow guy, honestly. This is true. Uh, so let's see. So let's talk about my favorite Alec Baldwin superhero movie. <laughs> Elliot, do you, do you know what my favorite movie, superhero movie starring Alec Baldwin and Tim Curry is? Uh, I could guess. Is it The Shadow? Hey, it's The Shadow. <laughs> Can I say something real quick? What's that? I love The Shadow. So I, think it's, I think it's awesome. <laughs> I know it's ridiculous, but I think it's the coolest shit ever. I, I, I watch it on repeat as a kid. Really? How do you feel about The Phantom? With Billy Zane. I kind of love The Phantom, too. <laughs> <laughs> There was a period in the 90s where, like, uh, everyone was trying to make these, like, superhero movies from characters that were born in, like, the 30s or 40s. And they don't quite age well, but, it, oh, my God, The Shadow's dope as fuck. I, I always loved how um, both of them, both The Shadow and The Phantom were, like, heavily centered on, like, the importance of, like, rings. If you were, like, if The Shadow, like, saved, saved you at some point, he gave you a ring. Oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah. And, so you can, like, and, summon him and stuff. And then the Phantom, he got his power from a ring. You're right. And just, the Shadow had that cool dagger with the face on it. Oh, man. That... Yeah. Oh, I, I loved... Oh, how did you feel? Because we've, we've talked before about your, your issue with glowing eyes and stuff. And in and, and the Shadow, they pop on, like, some weird, like... 
awesome like chrome contact lenses and i'll model one and it, i think it's the coolest looking thing i've ever seen but did it freak you out as a kid no because like i think because i trusted him <laughs> <laughs> but i remember like being a kid like ooh, lamont is a cool name i wish my name was lamont dude that's when i fell in love with the name margo like uh oh his lady friend is named Margo, and and like I'm like I, that's the coolest name I could think of. So I felt I, I first heard the name Margo in Christmas Vacation when Julie oh. Louise Dreyfus is Clark Griswold's like snooty neighbor <laughs> named Margo. Yeah, what was the husband's name? Todd. I don't know Todd. <laughs> yeah, when they why is the floral why is the floral wet Margo? <laughs> I don't know Todd. I love that. <laughs> I bet you you will not remember this because I sure as hell didn't. Um, Ian McKellen in that movie as yeah, yeah he's Margot's father who creates the. You did uh, not remember that, Mark. of course I did. Yeah. Yeah. Of course I did, dude. Dude, I'm a Shadow fan, bro. <laughs> there was that period you did where the cowboy had the red bandana and the duster. You know, that one winner. Yeah. <laughs> I went through a phase. Yeah. <laughs> he had those cool host uh, holsters, holsters, and he would be like, and he yeah. shot the guy's feet out of cement in the beginning. Ooh. Oh yeah, you're right. Fuck that movie's dope. Everyone watched The Shadow. <laughs> hey bro, uh, good news. The Shadow came out in 1994, and we are a 90s based podcast. Well, that's beautiful. Maybe that'll be our commentary track. You know what? You ch- you pick you Ooh. pick girl next door. I'll do the shadow, and we can meet in the middle somewhere. <laughs> Deal. Okay. Awesome. Uh, but we're not here today to talk about the adventures of Lamont Cranston uh, and Penelope Ann Miller as Margot. Ooh, okay. Uh, we're here today uh, to discuss the work of uh, another artist, uh, Mr. DJ Shadow. DJ Shadow, Jake. I told you to listen to Introducing by DJ Shadow. Tell me, what did you think? I loved it. Um, it was... My man. It reminded me It reminded me a lot of um, our, our previous uh, episode of On Fat Boy Slim. Oh, okay. Uh, I guess because they're, I guess, both, like, kind of sample-based yes. artists. But, but DJ Shadow, I guess takes it to a whole other level. Yes, the album is almost, <sighs> reportedly, almost entirely built off of other uh, other records, which is impressive. Can you tell me a little about DJ Shadow, like how you found him? What's his story? Um, yeah, so, so the album was released in 1996. Um, I, I stumbled upon DJ Shadow, you know, just through my you know, crate digging days, you know, in the, in the 90s. And uh, this album was always coming up in those days because uh, it was so critically acclaimed. I, you know, I was mostly looking at dance music and stuff like that. I wasn't a big hip hop dude, but th- th- there's this genre that, you know, um, birthed in the mid 90s called trip hop. And so this would include like um, Massive Attack, Portishead, Stuff like this, like this lower tempo, real moody, um, kind of electronic 
music, uh, I, I discovered introducing and fell in love with it immediately. There's just something special going on here. And this dude is just next level uh, talented at like what he does by digging through like these ancient, ancient records and finding little, little, you know, gems of sounds and sampling them and then, um, and playing them back. So, so he'll like slice up all these old records. He'll create his own uh, drum set based off of these old slivers of drum beats from old records. I get the Fatboy Slim thing because it almost sounds big beat you know, because uh, these drums are pretty loud in the mix and they're, and they're bombastic. But this is trip hop. This is uh, like dark and, um, and, and certainly lower, lower of a tempo than like Fatboy Slim because it's not quite dancey. Yeah. And so like, when I was like trying to find records to DJ with, this one came across and, and it's not an easy record to uh, like play for the dance floor necessarily. Because it's it's so it's so uh, well moody and like and very tranquil, uh, but, but it's easily in my top three albums of all time. It might be my favorite thing I've ever heard. Really, it might be. Yeah. What were your immediate so, thoughts? So, as I've mentioned before, like the idea of like you know splicing and combining different records to make something new it's, it's totally new and and like foreign to me I, I so it was it was a listen that listening back through it, I was just kind of like how did he get all these different because you're right like he found there was a bunch of like random stuff and uh, I was really it was really cool that um, they had, he had a Metallica sample on there uh, at one point uh, he he sent he sampled the song uh, Metallica song Orion. Wait, really? What's what on what track? Mm-hmm. I think it's one of the earlier tracks. Uh-huh. Orion um, is on Master of Puppets, is it not? Yes. Boom! I know things. <laughs> the number song. Yes. Oh my God. Oh, is it like the drum? I think what it is might. It? What's, the, and that's what's what. That's what I was hoping to discuss today, um, for, you know, because I, I listen to it and I can kind of hear like the chord changes of Orion. Oh, okay. But but I couldn't really hear like the the riffing on the guitar, so I wonder if he just like manipulated that sound in a certain way. Excuse me. Would he just drop a lot of like effects on on samples to get? How did he get these sounds? Right. Um, I don't think there's a lot of effects going on, really. I mean, you can hear a lot of uh, reverb over the samples. Um, and of course, it's, they're all mastered and all that. But um, his main like weapon of choice is something called an MPC. And uh, so this company called Akai, which, uh, I believe they're from Japan because Akai is Japanese for red. Again, I know things. Uh, which is, <laughs> it's, basically, <laughs> it's basically a um, sampler. But the idea will be that you can... You can up, upload or record onto this machine little tiny samples, um, r- recordings, like micro recordings, and then um, distribute them across a, uh, a drum pad, like, like, a, like, a, like an electronic drum set, but just with these squares all in a grid. 
and you, you can program each button to play a different sample, so a recording. I think the idea was you could bring this into the studio with you, set up a drum kit, hit the, hit the crash symbol, record that, program it to a, a pad on this machine, hit the kick drum, program, program it to a pad on this machine, and then you can just tap on it with your fingers and play the drums that way. Wow. So, so what he did was take little micro recordings or samples off of old records that you just dug up out of who knows where, slice them up, and then program them onto different pads on this machine and then just drum on it with his fingertips and create these tunes with like a, he started with like a four track recorder. And so you, you, you would, a four track recorder, you would um, pop a tape in, you know, hook up your, your MPC drum on it then rewind record over that with different samples and then just keep going and going re-recording over your layers and create, something entirely new so wow some of those a lot i mean not some but all of these drum beats um are just very intricate very complicated so i can't imagine like having to like go back and just re-record 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 i it's kind of like something like are you familiar with like midi do you ever use like midi when musical instrument digital interface I know what things are. Oh, title of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. All caps. I know what things yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just like MIDI, yes. Uh, I know like, what MIDI is. I occasionally will record stuff on my iPad. Um, and, you know, using MIDI, of course. And the cool thing about it is you can, like, if you know you, like, are, are off time on, like, a drum, a drum beat, you can go select those beats and put oh. it in, like, sixteenth or one fourth, and it'll automatically adjust it'll, it for you. Yeah, it'll move them around. Yeah, yeah. I wonder, yeah. wonder if that was the same for the Akai, or is it just playing to a click? I don't think there was a, a metronome involved. I, I, wow. I was just thinking, like, I don't think I might be totally wrong. I, I'm sure he might have used a click or, or a track or something like that, but I'm pretty sure I would have to ask Shadow himself. I think these are all live recordings. Like uh, he has in expanded like editions of this album. There's like, uh, you know, bonus material that are like, it'll say like, uh, you know, stem or midnight in a perfect world, like take five instead of the one that's on the album. And that, that, that seems to be implying that he's recording this to tape just drumming on this thing live, which is, bonkers if you think about it i, I saw on wikipedia it, it says it, he recorded it in two years it took him two years to do it uh-huh something like that yeah man that's incredible so th- th- i think like this album in particular is why i was excited to dive into the sip and me and project um because mm-hmm. it pretty much this is kind of like i feel like everything we've discussed so far you know Fatboy Sim, Chemical Brothers, Prodigy. I feel like this is like almost like it's almost like building up. This is like the final exam, you know, because it's almost like wow. it's it's a little bit of everything that we've talked about so far. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, just I had some notes on it. So our DJ's name is Joshua Paul Davis. Um, Josh Davis, yes. One of, as a, 
as a record as a record collector, I found this particularly impressive. Has a personal collection of more than sixty thousand records. <laughs> yes, his his collection is um, infamous. It's a yeah. Uh, in, <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. He's got a lot of records. Yeah. <laughs> so he's a everything. <laughs> everything we're hearing on on in, uh, introducing is straight from vinyl. Yes. Yeah. He's finding uh, old pieces of vinyl that are, you know, are long out of um, print, long out of certainly circulation or, or radio play or anything like that. Uh, these are, these are ancient uh, historical documents of things you won't be able to find on, um, you know, in the 2020 streaming services like SoundCloud or anything like that. He is digging up, ancient tomes and finding little like magic noises that someone somewhere a long time ago recorded. And it's just unreal. I'm a, I'm a big fan of like Dr. Dre's um, production work. Um, okay. I know he's, he sampled a lot of vinyl stuff as well, but so like would Dre's like with Dre's producing and like shadows producing is the main difference that Dre would, do like would he have um like a like a drum beat over it is that the is that the main difference because i know he used a lot of of vinyl records too interesting question um i think uh boy how do i answer that so with with sample based music i think uh either you're you're sampling a loop like a drum loop imagine taking a song uh, and especially a drum solo out of a song, getting getting one measure of it or two, and then looping that, probably like what Dr. Dre does or what Fatboy Slim would do. He's making loops. He's recording loops. I think, and someone can correct me if I'm wrong, what DJ Shadow might do is find a good recording of the drum kick within that loop and just use that as an instrument and then find like a a really good snare hit and then just use that as an instrument. So he's slicing these things a bit more intensely than uh, say like a fat boy slam or something who just wants, he just wants that measure. And this is like slivers of things. It's much more intricate. And then he can rearrange the, the recorded drum pattern. However, he sees fit. I think that might be the big difference. He's using the records themselves, or, or I should say the music on the records themselves as instruments? Yes, that's exactly correct. Oh. He'll, he'll find a piano chord, or just a hit of something, and find a little, a little slice of an organ, say, for organ donor. And then he will spread that across his you know, sampler, his MPC, and he can adjust um, the, he can adjust the pitch, and then now he just has an organ in front of him, and he can play it. Uh, uh, yeah, as opposed to like looping things and just creating a break. When you, I know we've talked about you know in, in previous episodes, um, you, you did a project in particular. I think you, you mentioned it when you were back in school, and it's like a, it was for I think it may have been a final, and you did a soundtrack to go along with. Was it oh, a yeah. comic book you you had written? Yeah, my, my I think the name was about Margot, right? 
Perfect, Jake. Um, yeah, I, my, my senior thesis was a comic book called uh, The Adventures of Margo and Espresso Boy. And I made a, I made a DJ mix <laughs> that... <laughs> I know. Uh, it, you know, I, I definitely heard the name Margo from The Shadow. And uh, I made a DJ mix that went along with the, the story. Uh, I mean, ideally, if you read really slow. <laughs> um, and I put a lot of DJ Shadow in that mix, actually. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask you. Like, how... Because, like, you've talked about that project before, and it may have been, may have been just, like, over a couple beers before the world went pear-shaped, or may have been on the podcast, but that's always been one of my... One, one of my... The projects you've talked about where I'm like, that would, that's really fucking cool. I wish I could have experienced that. I was going to ask you, so, so DJ Shadow, his influence was a big part of that. Um, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, what tracks did you like? So let's see. Stand so, out? I love the number song with the, the, particularly the drum outro. Yeah. Um, excuse me. Uh, like what does, what does your soul look like? Part four. Awesome. Um, the bass on that song actually reminded me of Fatboy Slim's, um, the weekend starts here. Oh, okay. So, I might have to re- might have to revisit that. I I, I heard similarities. Um, All right. Uh, I like uh, stem long stem medley. Yep. Um, I like I like the way it faded out and then came back in. Um, I really enjoyed mutual slump. Um, yeah. Organ donor. I wish that was longer. <laughs> yeah, that's a awesome tune. I'm sure there's some longer versions of that out there. Yeah. Um, and what does your soul look like part one awesome 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 what did you think of the uh, little interludes between tracks and stuff like that he's got like a few like little they were you cool. know, uh, short samples and stuff in there yeah because I mean I li- I, yeah I really like that I mean I thought they were cool and it was one of those things where I looked at the track list and I remember thinking like oh, like, oh there's a lot of songs on this but I didn't realize a lot of them were um, like those little interludes. Um, just you know, a couple more things. I so for our listeners out there who don't know, I, I write songs. I, I I love songwriting. You know, and uh, I often struggle with lyrics. You know, music seems to come easy. Lyric. There are songs that I that I've written four or five, six years ago that I still haven't finished because I don't know how to write lyrics for it um and according to his wikipedia page he said something that totally feel um he said lyrics were confining um so as as a instrumental hip-hop album it was it was i really loved the way he was able to he was really able to convey like emotion just through sampling just through icing and dicing his record it was it was a it was a really cool listen very cool. Yeah, something that you might see like uh, a pattern of in electronic music as we explore it. There, there's not a lot of, you know, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, you know, kind of pattern. It's more like just whatever works and like, um, especially if it's more instrumental, that's easier to do. But he's just kind of doing his own thing and making something, I think, really special. Um, there is a, uh, um, I can't, talk about shadow without mentioning there's a documentary called scratch i um, saw that 
Uh, oh, you saw the documentary? Oh, no, 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 no. Oh. my bad. I saw that he was featured in it. Like, they, they meant that's like, a, is that a big deal for him? Um, it, it was a big deal for the documentary. <laughs> that's be, that's be, <laughs> first be real. Um, it was a big deal for them to get a segment with him, I think. Um, because he's kind of notoriously just quiet. He's a h- humble guy. And he, like, if you listen to this album, you can kind of feel this, I don't know, it's, it's, there's like something going on. He's, it's anguish. Like you can feel like this, like sadness throughout it. And I think he's, yeah. a, I think he's a very private person. And in the documentary scratch, they have a pretty short interview with him where he goes down inside this, uh, the basement of a record store. Cause like they know him and he's like, no, that's, let me go to the basement. <laughs> and it's just piles and piles of uh, ancient records. There's this beautiful quote by him in the documentary where he's, he's like just surrounded by all these uh, gross, dusty as hell records. And he's like, it's kind of like a big pile of broken dreams in a way. Like all these guys thought they were going to be the next big thing. And he says, like, so whenever you're, whenever you're thinking you're, you're, you're hot shit or you're going to be the next big thing, that's what all these cats thought. And so he, there's a certain amount of, like, humility to him as a performer and uh, as, a, you know, as an artist. And I think it's very impressive because he, he doesn't, really, doesn't really seem to give a shit or enjoy any celebrity, you know. Uh, yeah. He just does his thing. He collects records. He's a digger, as we would call it, you know. How influential was, like, or is DJ Shadow to, like, guys like, um, what's his name? Girl Talk. Um, like, oh, uh, interesting. Like, DJ, um, a- a- DJ AM, Mr. Beast. Huh. Like, um, these guys who would do these, like, ma- like the mashup, I guess that's it's different because it's mashup genre or... Um, well, okay. Those are, those are a lot of triggering words to me. Um, but Sorry. <laughs> uh, mashup is not a genre. Okay. If we're going to, if we're going to dive into that, let's do it. Uh, Listeners, Elliot has sobbing. <laughs> I'm very, very upset. Um, he's taken his headphones and walked away. Sorry. Yeah. I'm out. I'm out. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> The idea of mashup my apologies, came around. My <laughs> no, it's all good. The idea of mashup came out like uh, around you know in the aughts or whatever, and it's just essentially throwing an acapella of a different song over an instrumental of the other, of another. Uh, and this is not uh, what Shadow is doing. Certainly, he's an excellent DJ, but this is not a DJ mix. This album, it is an album. Uh, Girl Talk likes to say he's not a DJ, but he's a DJ. He's absolutely a DJ. Uh, he's just in this weird, you know, mashup scene. Uh, let's let's be frank. I enjoyed Girl Talk a great deal. One of the best dance parties I've ever been to in my entire life was Girl Talk, and that was just, it was pure joy. It was great. Um, but I've seen DJ Shadow live too, and it's just oh, where did uh, you see him? I saw him here in Austin, man, uh, for one of his tours. Really? Um, yeah, and it's uh, it's breathtaking. Uh, He's, you know, again, quite, quite humble, but he was DJing inside this giant globe. <laughs> like he's inside of a sphere with all these lights around it that like project different um, images as it spins around him. 
and he's playing records and like throwing samples down and stuff, of stuff. Uh, and it was like one of the coolest shows. I, I think I cried. Where did you see that? I think it was Emo's. Wow. Yeah, it was just fantastic. Yeah. And it's, it's cool because it's, you know, Girl, Girl Talk's a fucking dance party and that's fun. And it's, you know, all these little top 40 loops and acapellas on top of each other. And that's fun as hell. And it's very ADD. And, you know, if you don't like what's happening, just wait 10 seconds and something new is going on. But, but what Shadow does, it's just next level, man. Um, it's, it's, it's just beautiful. And like ethereal and, and, uh, and like and, yeah, mysterious. I don't know. I think, I think it's just awesome. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Well, I, I don't think, I don't think, you know, in our seven, seven, eight episodes we've done, I don't think I've ever heard you like talk about an artist the way I've heard you talk about these shadows. So I could definitely feel that passion. And it's awesome. Oh. Yeah, right on, right on, right on. Yeah, it's just, it's just, you know, it's, it's different. It's just something else. And I, I could think of other artists that, like, you know, make me feel this way. But like, you know, uh, Fabulous Slim is just fun, joy. You know, it's, it's great. You know, Underworld is like, you know, this, you know, brooding techno stuff. And then this is, I don't, I, I, I somehow I doubt DJ Shadow likes it being called trip hop, which is like a, uh, a term that this album. Uh, burst but he's just doing his own thing and it's it's something clearly it's clearly uh important to him and i think that's uh impressive well i you know being that you know the majority well all of this record uh has been you know was recorded from vinyl i honestly feel like if you're gonna listen to vinyl records um, the best way to do it is to make sure you're listening to it in hi-fi. Um, and as you're listening to DJ Shadow, I think every time you listen to it, you're going to hear something new. It's almost going to be like, so if you're listening to this, you're listening to introducing on a, on a high-quality hi-fi stereo. Mm-hmm. Every time you listen to it, you're going on an adventure. You can yeah. almost say you're going on a new adventure in hi-fi. Oh, eh, Maybe. I disagree. Anyways. <laughs> Did you realize that a week before Introducing came out, an album by R.E.M. came out called New Adventures in Hi-Fi? A week. They were a week apart. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't realize they were a week apart. A week apart? Is, is this our first time doing like an album from the same year? Uh, I feel like we've done a lot of 99 stuff, but I don't know. It's a good question. But this is like Certainly in the same closest. month, dude. And, and how about this? September. Oh, Both no shit. Se- yeah. Isn't that wild? We nailed it this time, dude. We're coming up on the 24th anniversary. Yeah. That was totally by accident. Um, my album this week is by one of my all-time favorite bands um, R.E.M. right Elliot are you a fan of R.E.M.? no (laughs) thanks for listening everyone (laughs) bye y'all just bore away the last episode (laughs) Um, Jake 
why should I like REM? I don't get it. So there's something going on. I have this block with REM. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't, I feel like I'm supposed to like them because <laughs> they're so influential and like big and all this, but I don't get it. It's twangy. It's like, it's so clearly Southerny. I don't, I, something about his voice irritates me. It's, it's so fucking precious. Like, oh, poor guy. And <laughs> I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Jake, I don't get it. So, okay. Convince me to like the way you feel. The way you feel about REM is actually the way I feel about Radiohead. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Okay, and, go ahead. I know you're a huge... I think, like, our first conversation back in, I don't know, two, th- three years ago now, I think the first thing you said to me was, I saw LCD Sound Systems, Farewell Show, Madison Square Garden, Yep. And Radiohead's my favorite band, or something like something along those lines. <laughs> those are um, my two two things that I talk about all the time. Yeah, I know. I was like, my name's Jake, and then you just launched in, and you just said that, and then you, and then you said your name's Elliot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hello, Jake. I like Radiohead a great deal, and I saw LCD's last show. What's your deal? <laughs> oh, by the way, my name's Elliot. Yeah, that's how it went. <laughs> I don't know um, what it is. Something about REM. I just can't. I don't. I don't get it. So uh, REM, Michael Stipe. You got Peter Buck. You got yeah. Mike Mills. You got Bill Barry. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I came to REM. Uh, my mom used to have two cassettes in her car when I was a kid. Uh, one of them was Bob Seger's Greatest Hits. The other one was REM's automatic for the people so the one with everybody hurts on it Mm -hmm, of course and um sometimes yeah (laughs) everybody hurts sometimes we've all got problems rem relax (laughs) i like you know you said something really interesting a second there you said it's obviously southern that's something that i would i wouldn't get from a listen to rem no you know what what makes you like? What makes you say like you, you get like a southern sound? Is it is it Michael Stipe's singing style? Is it like the guitar? I, th- I think it's the guitar, and and uh, I don't know. I, I, it might be part of his voice and everything. Um, borderline pop country to me, and, and really that's something I don't. I, I know, I know. I'm probably enraging a lot of listeners right now, but I, I just don't. I, I'm not a big fan of the pop country thing, and uh, I don't know. Like, why not just like go heavy into it? Uh, I'm not a guitar player, although I can appreciate it, of course. But um, there's something, something about it has like it's got a. There's just a barrier between me and figuring out how this band works and like what, why they're so massively popular. Uh, I just don't, I don't quite get it. I, that's so interesting. Like maybe it's because, so like, like I said, like I, I, I found this band in a, at a very young age, probably 10, maybe possibly mm-hmm. younger. Okay. Um, before I knew like, before I knew country, before I knew, like I would hear like, of course, you know, that's an interesting thing to think about. Like when, like 
when you realize a genre is a genre, you know, like right. when you hear something and be like, ah, oh, it's country or that's rock. Like that's so, that's so interesting to me. Mm-hmm. This is not where I saw this conversation going. I, I was not, I was not expecting to have like a, like a crisis on air right now. It's, but. No, it's okay. What was your thought about the, what was the Radiohead comparison? Oh, I said, I said it was REM's too precious. Is that how you, that, that, and you said that's how you feel about REM? Or sorry, Radiohead? No. Just like um, the way you described REM, like uh, how they're massively influential, massively popular and successful. Um, That's kind of how I feel about Radiohead. Like I know Tom York and the boys are brilliant musicians, brilliant songwriters, and just push the boundaries for a lot of different things. And actually Radiohead kind of plays into the story of this album we're going to talk about. So that's, that's actually a really cool comparison. Okay, here we go. Maybe because they, you know, they, of course, they play with electronics and stuff like that. But there's something more, I don't know, maybe I identify more with the like the paranoia of radio, Radiohead and not so much like the, um, that's me in the corner, kind of sulky vibes of R.E.M. Okay. Maybe, you know what, maybe it's just confusing to me to listen to because Stipe is so clearly bummed out all the time but the music's so jangly and happy Mm -hmm. maybe maybe it's like it's like hearing two two uh tempos at the same time and it freaks me out like a dog or something (laughs) it doesn't (laughs) seem to you know what i'm talking about it doesn't mesh something there's something something wrong and maybe i just maybe i just don't like his voice they're they're clearly good musicians like obviously and but i have it's been a mystery to me why rem is so popular I think, you know, it took me becoming an adult to realize, um, you know, wow, like these had like intricate and like complicated, like not complicated, but um, such diverse musical um, influences. Like there's a, so they have like an alternate, alternate band they go by, but they went by called Bingo Handjob. (laughs) Okay as as this fan like they would cover like they would cover johnny cash they would cover john prine one of my all-time favorites these guys are serious americana and country artists yeah you know they covered glenn campbell i mean they covered um is it tennessee tom ford the king of the road like that guy like and i think a lot of it is you know so the band started when michael stipe met Peter Buck, who was working at a record store in Olympia. Is it Olympia, Georgia? I know it's in Georgia. Yeah, yeah. So that, that nails the Southern part of it. Mm-hmm. But I think you can kind of compare the, I, I think you can kind of compare these guys to like DJ Shadow in a way, because they had such, you know, diverse influences. They were able to like pick pieces from these artists and create something completely unique you know yeah and i think like peter buck's guitar work is like he does the mandolin he it, i think it's like equal parts like the birds with that jangle guitar and then like for this particular album i think it's super actually punk rock i think it's super like pete townsend from the who okay and we'll get into that um <laughs> I, I think mike mills is just like such an underrated bass player I just like the way he harmonizes. I think Bill Berry on the drums, like it's just 
he's got such a groove to him. And, and then Michael Stipe, um, he kind of reminded me of the singer from Underworld because of the okay. way he kind of does like a, like a, almost like a stream of conscience with his lyrics. Yeah, I think we touched on that last, uh, last episode, yeah. Yeah. I did my home. I was doing my homework. So I was like, oh, this, you know, I can compare this to Underworld. It's just like, oftentimes, the lyrics kind of, for R.E.M. are kind of like, huh? You know, like, <laughs> so. Right. I don't know. I think it's a very unique band. I think they're a very artistic band, uh-huh. um, especially with Michael Stipe's kind of like uh, avant-garde lyrics that he does. And I think, Avant-garde. Well done. Okay. Go New on. Adventures in High Five, 1996. Yeah. I take it you were not a fan. <laughs> uh, never crossed my plate, dude. Um, like, uh, I think my <laughs> – when did you first hear of R.E.M.? Uh, I think my, my, my first experiences were probably, you know, I don't know listening to um, or, or hearing, uh, you know, It's the End of the World – uh, or that, you know, or whatever, that's me in the corner, whatever the hell. Uh, like, you know, it's just popping on TV or radio or whatever. Um, and I was like, wow, don't like that. This <laughs> man just moving on. Uh, and it's always one of those bands like people will bring up, you know, I've got a, plenty of friends that are way into music and love R.E.M. And I'm like, should I like force myself to listen to this band more? Like, like what am I missing? But like every time I try, like um, including today, like just something pulls me right out of it, and like I lose interest. I did like leave uh, the track leave. Um, Ooh, was, I had that. Yeah. I had that one on my on my list. I, I said I literally have songs leave. I thought you'd like this one. Oh. Very good. Well, nailed it. Because I did like leave a, a, a great deal. Uh, you know, f- favorite track on the album, easy. That crazy <laughs> on leave. Yeah, and I think it. Yeah, for sure. Leave I dug, and I just I think it maybe maybe that one. I just I uh, was into the the Stipe's lyrics more, and like the way he dropped it out there. And, and I did like the opening track, uh, how the West was won and where it got us. Yeah, that that was that was a first that was a first listen for me. I I never really dived into this album really heavily, but I really enjoy that one. A uh, cu- curious way to open um, an album, right? Like it's like it's very uh, you know you know lower tempo, lower energy, but it, there's like cool stuff going on in it. Um, really dug the drums in that one for sure. Yeah, like when when one thinks of REM, they think of like jangly you know Jangling, pop rock yeah. but the, the drums on yeah. the, kind of caught me off guard let me see so the, the, according to Wikipedia the members of R.E.M. consider um, this album as part of their creative peak yeah. um, they consider this one of the top three albums that they put out which is interesting mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I put it in their top three albums for, for me oh okay. um so I mentioned Radiohead. Um, so Radiohead actually opened for REM in the nineties, which is um, bonkers to me because oh, <laughs> like I my favorite my favorite band opening for a band that I like. I would just leave the show after Radiohead. <laughs> that would be one of those where like, hey, you want a carpool together? And then I would go like hang up by the merch table, and then we would 
switch spots. Yeah, we switch spots, and I'm like, I'll be by the car. <laughs> <For Rory>. <laughs> <laughs> um, so apparently, according, this is all according to Wikipedia, Radiohead had this like technique of recording the bass tracks for the bends while on tour. I think it was the bends. So they would have like an eight track recorder uh-huh. and they would record the tracks live. REM borrowed this um, for this record. Um, so in a, in a lot of weird ways, two of our favorite bands were really influential to each other. Yeah, apparently. Um, so let's just go, let's go through some tracks. Um, besides leave, yeah. any standouts for you? Um, I, I do like, you know, that first track, how the West was one where it got us, uh, really enjoyed leave. And you called that one for sure. Um, I really dig the, uh, um, organs. They have a few guests on here, right? Uh, Patty Smith is doing yeah. backing vocals. That's cool. That's cool. I know Michael Sipes is a huge Patty Smith fan. Like, cause, like, so they've been, you know, they've like popped up and done like different projects over the, ever, uh, over the years since like, since breaking up, but like, Michael Stipe like opens shows for art has opened shows for Patty Smith in like New York. Oh wow, cool! Which, which I can't even imagine what that would be so, like. So they're they're buds for sure. Yeah. Uh, what are your What are your favorite tracks on here? What are your standouts? So, like I said, like this isn't. I wouldn't put this in like my top five favorite REM records. How many um, albums do they have? Like twenty three? What on earth? No, um, this is this is their tenth album. That's crazy to me. <laughs> That's a lot of albums. That's bonkers. Fifteen studio albums. Fifteen. So from like nineteen. So I think they started like nineteen early eighties to like two thousand nine. Mm-hmm. So almost like a thirty year career. Um, uh, is this is this is this before it's the end of the world as we know it? After. No. After okay, right? Because yeah, <laughs> I know that because that song's in Independence Day, and I think that came out in like '93 or '94. Oh, <laughs> we Independence Day. This is the first time Independence Day has like come up on this podcast, and that's cr- no. I'm, I'm almost. I'm almost certain we've talked about it before. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> Independence Day. <laughs> that must have been one of my famous. Kentucky Gentleman episodes. Um, yeah. I love Undertow. Uh, mm-hmm. Ebo the Letter with Patti Smith. Um, I liked Be Mine. I thought it was a really sweet song. Um, mm-hmm. Probably my, uh, Electrolyte. Um, right. My favorite song on the album, though, is So Fast, So Numb. Oh. It's just a straight rocker. It's just Peter Buck. You know, rocking out like Beat Townsend from The Who. And, I don't know, it's, it's so catchy. Um, yeah, like, like I said, like it's not, it's not my fave. Uh, honestly, if we're gonna go for like favorites. I would probably say, uh, I probably go like yeah. automatic for the people or document. Those are earlier uh, albums. Yeah. Okay. Automatic came out in '92. Document '87. Oh, uh, what, what, what? Why did you pick this one? Oh. Uh, I really wanted to do. Uh, I really wanted to do reveal, which is 
possibly my favorite REM record, but that came out in 2001. Uh-huh. Um, there's Out of Time, which that's the big one. That's the one with Losing My Religion. Oh, uh-huh, uh-huh. When did that come out? Um, 91. So 91. don't be surprised. Yeah, save it. In, in, 2000, yeah. in 21, if I'm going to drop another REM record on you. All right. Absolutely. No problem. I've been thinking about this too, like, oh, uh, like when do I need to repeat an artist? You know, like, it, it's, it's going to happen for sure. I'm, I'm up for repeats. <laughs> cool. All right. Right on. I think this week, introducing won me over more so than New Adventures in Hi-Fi. I know, I know this REM record is a fan favorite. You know, it's, it's a band favorite as well. Um, I thought it was a little... I thought it was like very gloomy, even for REM. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I didn't, I didn't really connect with it as much as I was hoping I would. Oh, oh um, okay. There, there wasn't really enough like mandolin in there for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a specific critique. <laughs> um, and if there's any, if there's any REM fans out there that, you know, uh, <laughs> want to cuss me out. Please don't. And nah, instead, give me give me constructive give me constructive criticism, and tell me what I am missing on this record. Um, but no, I mean, I love REM. I mean, maybe it's like a maybe it's some kind of thing where it's a memory of my mother. Um, but oh I, wow, I definitely I remember when I got my first mandolin. I learned. <laughs> I learned losing my religion. And I'm sorry, just the phrase when I got my first mandolin. Correct. Ooh, up a that's bit. a good thing for an album. Oh um, no. Ooh, could that oh, yeah. <laughs> call could it. Could that be the it. episode? <laughs> yes, of course, of course. <laughs> of course, of course. Uh, uh, my mom how about was, this. Oh no. She, it's, it's a, uh, she was decorating the Christmas tree and I came out and I said, hey mom, what's this song? And I started playing Losing My Religion. And she stopped decorating the Christmas tree and like did her best like Michael Stipe dance. She like flayed her arms in the air and like was dancing like R.E.M. like Michael Stipe does in the music video. And so it might it might be some type of nostalgic thing for, you know, for, for me, but I don't of know. Course. I, do, I do hold a special place in my heart for R.E.M. That's beautiful. I like that a lot. Um, uh, in, in closing, if I didn't really, if this one didn't really hit me, this album, which of the fifteen albums they have out <laughs> do, you, do you think I would? Do you think I would like more? Which one do you think I would like more? I think you green. These are more like the almost like um, new wavy eighties uh, pop kind of albums. Okay. All right, into that. Um, I think you dig life's life's rich pageant um, from '86. Uh, it's almost like folk pop. Um, Monster, fuck, Monster came out in '94. Why didn't I pick that record? Monster is really good. Um, <laughs> save it, save it, save it. We got plenty of eps to do. I, I got it on the back burner. Um, I mentioned Reveal. Reveal's really cool. I think you'd actually really enjoy Reveal. Um, there's a lot of like electronic elements on that one. Okay. Um, and then Accelerate, uh, which came out in 2008. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, you know, Jake, I asked you for what album should I try, and you named five. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I, I, I and maybe maybe to, to wrap things up, like I am impressed by the discography. Holy shit, that's a lot of that's a lot of content to crank out, and they they clearly give a shit about how these albums sound, and uh, put put a lot of work into them. So holy wow 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 wow. And and they and should we touch on that the, the, they are broken up now? Broken up. They've they've they disbanded. Up. Heartbreaking story. They played South by Southwest two thousand nine. Oh. And last time they came to Austin before breaking up. And I did not go because I was still living in San Antonio, and I didn't go. I was like, Nah, it's fine. They'll come back. Right. And they broke up. Super, super bummer. Um, yeah. Let that be a lesson to you but, listeners out there. Go, go. Lesson number one, just go to the show. You don't know what's going to happen. And lesson number two, buy the t-shirt. I know it's $40, but buy it. You're going to be bummed out <laughs> when you see everyone else wearing those the next day. Go to the show. Buy the shirt. Live your goddamn life. Kids. <laughs> I could not agree. I could not agree more. And with that, I think that uh, I think that puts a nice bow on DJ Shadow and uh, Michael Stipe, Bill Berry. No, Bill Bill. Shit. No, that's a comedy no, you, comedian. No, you got it. You got it. No. See, it says Bill Berry. Bill Berry. Uh, you got it. Peter Buck <laughs> and Mike Mills. Um. So Elliot, um, there's a chill in the air. Oh boy, um, is that is that a is that a spooky cold front coming in? Ooh, did she get chill? I don't know. Um, Where are my scarves? <laughs> oh, pool boy, bring me my scarves. Um, so, what? I mean, I checked my calendar. I can cons- I consulted the old calendar, and it looks like we got a we got a special month coming up. Uh, we do in a couple weeks. That month is October. Oh yeah. Okay. Wait. Let me let me let me double check you on that. Okay. Uh, hang on a second. Um. Yep. October. Excellent. Okay. <laughs> um. <laughs> so, uh, Ellie and I have you know, as, as two fans of uh spooky season of spooky in the season. Month, of October, month of October in general. Um. We wanted to do something special, sip and Mimo style. Yeah. In our next episode, which let's talk about that. What are, you, what are we going to be discussing in the next episode? Well, Jake, since it's, it is indeed spooky season and there's a, it's brisk couch in the, oh, oh, how the leaves are changing. Let's, let's talk about, <laughs> let's, get, uh, let's get creepy with it. Let's get weird and like, and, and silly and scary. So, um, as I, I had to ask a couple friends about this, honestly, for opinions and trying to, trying to find a, uh, a quote, creepy electronica album from the nineties. I, I was a little stumped, even though there's, there's stuff out there, but I wanted to go like, I was like, Oh, should I go like gothy? Should I do this? And, um, uh, the band Orbital came up, but I'm going to save that one because I can't wait for that shit to drop. Um, but I thought a friend of mine mentioned this to me and I screamed aloud 
because I'm like, oh, that's perfect. And it is the EP by FX Twin titled Come to Daddy. And it is, it's an EP. That's a first for our show, but it's basically an album. Come on, whatever. It's just, it's just delightfully shorter than the long ass albums I've given you before that are like 90 minutes. Uh, so come to daddy, come to daddy by FX twin. What do you got Jake? So for my first album, uh, for spooky season, um, there was only one album that came to mind that I want to discuss for this show. Um, it's an album with a couple songs that <clears throat> I've listened to for the past 22 years since it came out. There are songs that have been featured on other episodes that we've, we've had recently. Oh, um, albeit remixes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm super duper excited to listen to it because revisit- revisiting this record, um, was such a blast. Um, and it is going to be, um, the full title of the album is oh. Hellbillies 13 Tales of Cadaverous Cavorting Inside the Spook Show International uh. by, by the artist Ron Zombie. Did you say Ron or Rob? I'm sorry. <laughs> Rob Zombie. <laughs> Ron Zombie <laughs> sounds fucking hilarious. Hi, I'm Ron. Ron Zombie. Ron Zombie. Uh, okay, we're we're, this, <laughs> we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk Rob Zombie next next episode. Okay. Uh, awesome. Hellbilly Deluxe. Cool. I'm into it. Let's do it. I'm excited to hear your thoughts on this one because I'm, I'm 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 psyched too. It's gonna be a good one. I'm I'm curious about your thoughts on FX Twin. Okay, here we go. It'll be great. Um, uh, so thank you to all our listeners. Uh, uh, please, you know, l- like subscribe, whatever the hell they call it, uh, and, and share and tell your friends and stuff like that. And please contact us and send us questions so we can do like a mailbag segment or something like that. I would, I would absolutely love that. Um, uh, we have a, we have our SoundCloud going and, Maybe some cool stuff in the works, um, but you know we've got some we've got some time to talk about that. And let you know about that. But in the meantime, like Elliot said, share, tell your friends. You know, hey, oh, you're a fan of electronic music. I got a buddy who loves talking electronic music with the, with his friend online. You know, oh um, yeah, oh you like radio rock? Oh my god, you got to listen to this thing because this guy, yeah, <laughs> got it. You're you're a huge Eve Six fan. I got the podcast for you. you know? <laughs> Do you feel like that Fatboy Sims first album was underappreciated? Holy fuck. <laughs> Check this out. <laughs> Look no further. All right. <laughs> but uh, but thank but like 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 Ellie said, thank you for listening. Um please like, share, contact us, tell us how we're doing, tell us what you want to hear. Uh yeah. if you have a particular nineties album, I mean, even if it's not super radio rock, I mean I, I, I brought a corn album for goodness sake. So um, let, let us know and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll bounce the idea. And... Yeah. Uh, everyone hit us up with your favorite 90s albums. There you go. I mean, to that. I mean, at some point, I'm hoping we're going to talk about Madonna's Ray of Light. So, I mean. 
We'll see. If I run out of every other electronic album from the 90s, maybe It'll be like, I'll... Sippin' Mimos 2050, and, um, you know, we'll be like, well, how old am I? We'll be like in our 50s, and I'd be like, now? And you're like, fine. <laughs> that episode title will be, well, that episode will be titled Asterisk. Also, Madonna put out an album this year, so whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for listening. Go out and listen to DJ Shadow and listen to some REM. It'll do your, it'll do your life good. Stay safe out there. Be kind to each other. Yes. Be well. <laughs>